What is up, gamers? Back at it again with another Medicare podcast episode, and today I'm joined by the one, the only, Black Ass Knight. How do you feel? Well, um, I feel like this is long overdue for sure. Okay, that that's true. It, yeah. it has been. <laughs> I want to say it's been my fault. It has not been anyone else's fault. Why I could not get somebody on this podcast, but. It's good to have my mentor on this podcast, and I feel overwhelmed with joy that uh, someone who taught me how to be mediocre at Yu-Gi-Oh! is here on my podcast. Thank you. <laughs> You've I mean, taught me everything I know. I mean, if we're not being mediocre. What are we really doing? That is true. You have make to try to be as mid as possible. <laughs> can I, how can we be the, the worst Yu-Gi-Oh! player of all time? Well... I just want everybody to know that uh, Black Ass Night has their own podcast. Tell me about a little bit about your podcast. So, uh, Black Ass Night Yu-Gi-Oh! podcast is sort of a like a table talk kind of feel. I just want to talk about uh, different aspects of Yu-Gi-Oh! and sort of not really delve into one specific topic all the time. Just kind of different topics for different you know days and. Kind of get a different feel. But uh, if you guys want to check out more, I am on Spotify. Uh, Black is not Yu-Gi-Oh. Uh, the A is a four. That's the only thing. It's all one word. Well, except for Yu-Gi-Oh. Yu-Gi-Oh is Y-G-O. And it's its own little thing. Yeah. And honestly, I love the podcast. And uh, he puts out good content. So please check him out. Um We'll start out with I do um, what I'm going to do with any guest of all time. I want you to tell me what is your favorite rogue deck of all time? Go. My favorite rogue deck. Uh... Well, we'll start. We'll start. We'll start with best favorite deck in My general. Deck because in I know this one. It's probably gonna be Orcus. Uh, no surprise there. That deck is just insane, and I love it so much. But Konami did not do me the solid this one. This band list. That that is a solid rip. I I felt so bad for you when I saw the the band list come out, and I'm like, no, they did not did I, not put Harpoor to one. I just knew it was gonna happen too. They <laughs> want me to get my hopes up, but like they they had one job this this band list, right? They had like yeah, literally one of, job. The rest of this could have literally been nothing, and I wouldn't care as long as that one change happened. Honestly, like I don't under, even understand why they didn't even take it off either, because it's not—it's not like it's doing anything, you know. So well, maybe they—maybe they're still worried about uh, 2019 Yu-Gi-Oh. I'm not sure, but I'm kind of yeah. sad. <laughs> yeah, they're—I guess they're scared of uh, Orcus being tier one over uh, Sprite and tier elements, right? <laughs> huh. Yeah, yeah. I'm, sure, I'm not sure. sure how that would even fair, but. It would be nice to at least try. <laughs> like, Kanata wouldn't give us that much. But I heard that we want to talk about a special topic today. We kind of want to go in depth about Darkwing Blast because I know, I know, last episode I talked a little bit about it, but I thought I would bring somebody who knows a little bit more about Yu-Gi-Oh on the podcast, so that way we can actually get some insight from like a high-tier competitive player. So let's talk about it. Um, uh, what What are your thoughts so far? Um. So as a like my toxicity is gonna come out a little bit. <laughs> the uh, the Vistial Dragons they came out uh, and they're only super rare and lower, and I'm like, wow, there should be a paywall. <laughs> like 
<laughs> Diddy Crow, the archetype, is literally free to play pretty much. Anyone can get their hands on it. Uh, it's good in a competitive sense. I mean, everyone, like, there won't be a barrier to entry for using these cards against your opponent. But on the flip side, like, wow, like, anyone can use these cards. Yeah, I, I, did, I did see that, and I was like, wow. They printed one of the most, like, sought-after cards as super rare. And then, like, later you find out, uh, I think they changed the name. Kashatira Fenrir is, like, a ultra, I believe? Which yeah. is, like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. Um, they kind of went all over the place with some of these rarities, I will say. Um, I'm overall hyped for the set, though. Don't don't bash. I mean, don't want to take my, uh, my criticism as bashing the set. It's definitely a fantastic set, so uh, definitely try to check out that set if you can yeah, get your hands on it. Uh, how about you, though? What are you most excited for, Noah? I'll be honest. I'll, I'll be really honest with you. I am really uh, unironically excited for two things in the set. So for me, I'm really excited about the goatee cards, I think, or fish, I guess. I, I like to say goatee because, I mean, yeah, it's a play on fish, but whatever. I think the goatee cards are, like, heavily slept on. I think there's a lot of interaction that can be held with the cards. And, I mean, yes, they they, they it's not the best support you've, I've ever seen. However, like, I still think it has, like, some merit. And I think I could definitely see some rogue contention or even, like, topping. Because I think a lot of people don't know what the deck does. So, like, you bring it to locals and you're just like, hey, I'm going to synchro summon on your turn. But also, I'm going to do, like, 18 things on your turn and then banish your entire field. And then I'm just going to get it all of it back. Which is pretty insane just for, like, any deck, right? Yeah. And then, finally, I'm also, unironically, kind of excited for some of the Naturia cards. Because I know in the OCG, they had a Naturia deck. Uh, I think it was, like... Naturia Shizu pop up a lot, and I kind of want to see how that would work here in the TCG. What are your thoughts on that? Um, so I've seen some of it. I know a lot of the support for Naturia are like lower rarities, so definitely be good to get your hands on it if you're looking for something that's uh, fun to play and also powerful. But most importantly, being budget, you're really drawing a lot of players. However, I will say this: it's probably going to be a deck that takes a lot of brain power. And, oh, that's true. I mean, that's not a bad thing necessarily. It's more like just be prepared for what you're getting into, as I'm gonna say. Because mill decks on their own tend to have a little bit more. Uh, the RNG can add a, little, a layer to Yu-Gi-Oh that normally you don't have to worry about. So just be prepared for what you're getting into, uh, unless you've already play tested it. It's gonna be a fun time, I think. Yeah. Um. Also, I saw something with a lot of, um, I guess, uh, Sprite players talking about whatever Soul Scissors is. I'm very confused. Uh, okay. Because a lot of people are talking about this card. So, it's a it's a very simple effect. I think, I believe it can destroy, it can summon itself and destroy a card on the field. It's a very simple effect, but it's a two. And I think if you summon it with Gigantic Sprite, I think it would trigger I have, to, I have to read the card again, but I'm oh, pretty wow. sure that's how okay. it is. 
So I'm reading this now. It says, if a monster on the field is destroyed by battle or card effect and sent to the graveyard, while this card's in the graveyard, it just special summons itself. It banishes it, and then if it's special summon, it pops a card. Yeah, okay, so the pop, if it pops, I, I believe it triggers. Does it trigger if you start it off Gigantic Sprite? I'm pretty sh- No, it has to be special from Grave. I'm from Grave, okay, so it'll be an alpha thing. Okay. I mean, still, I guess I guess that's kind of cool. Because I don't have Sprite Elf, and you got a disruption. So I know you are the major tier player, probably, um, of like I guess our locals or whatever because I, I mean we don't we we count the other but you're you're the one like trying to invent the tier and like move it forward I guess what are some like cool little techs that you've been playing if you want to talk about it yeah I can go into some of it um, I'm actually working on it right now uh, one of the things that I was considering were the uh, the Luna light cards actually. So I oh, wanted yeah. to shift away from dangers and more to an actual deck, not just a pile. Uh, and and I was missing this one piece. So I, I was thinking about like uh, yesterday and the day before, like what what would bridge the two decks together really well? And there's one card actually that exists. It's called uh, Bujente Kagatsuchi. Oh. And at first, so yesterday I was thinking the card requires three Beast Warriors, and that would like be really difficult to make, but it requires two Beast Warriors, so it's pretty it's pretty Gucci. Uh this card is is pretty insane. Uh on summon it just mills five cards. And that's all the letter needs to do. <laughs> oh wow. Uh, yeah, it's an exclusive kind of crazy. that came out in Shadow Spectres a hundred million years ago. But uh for all you Bujin enthusiasts out there, you guys know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> it's okay. Half my audience are Flunder players, so we probably don't understand the reference. That's probably, that's probably yeah, yeah, well. Yeah, Bujin is an older deck, uh, but this card in particular is pretty generic. It just requires two Beast Warriors, which all of the important Luna Light monsters are, and you'll be able to just know five cards. And that's, that's pretty much the bridge I've been looking for to build in this deck. Yeah, I saw a lot of people actually switching to the um, Luna Light version because uh, I've I've Nesh uh, Nesh TCG um, has been like working on this list and he keeps like he he had like a whole stream or something where he just sat there and just like grinded the hell out of it. Which to me, this this man this man was doing it like two months ago. This man was like on it. He 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 tried to get Pack to play it. And Pac didn't play it, which was sad, but, you know, when, when the punk cards were legal, or when the punk cards were good, I guess, because, I mean, damn, I, f- I feel bad for whoever, like, played punk, I guess, because their deck is dead, which kind of sucks. Um, What are some decks that you feel like might be okay heading into the format that, like, weren't crazy hit, that, like, might be okay contenders next to tier? Um... Well, I, I guess and Sprite. I don't. I don't know if Sprite really counts, but yeah, we'll count them. Uh, I, I count Sprite because they're getting their new card in in uh, Darkwing Blast, and it does enable some pretty crazy combos. Um, but some of the other contenders I would think of would be Flanderies. That deck pretty much got away unscathed somehow. Let's go. Let's uh, go. 
And this dimensional shifter existing is, is insane enough. Probably yeah, enough to even that... push Goaty to be good at some point. Um, but uh, the Exo Sisters, I can see being good. Uh, but you have to, I feel like you have to craft that deck a little bit more because if you're not playing against a lot of graveyard manipulation decks, you're going to have a harder time. But they definitely got the support with Martha and Returnia to help bridge that gap. So, uh, yeah, I think it would take a little bit of, uh, you know, building your deck around the, the format you're, you're uh, participating in and sort of make a meta call when you build it and decide what you yeah. think you have to build your deck around. Personally, for me, I've picked up Exosisters, and I tried to build Exosister Runic, which um, in theory is a great idea. In practice, not so much a great idea. <laughs> um, like I, I, So I played local Saturday, right? Um, every game, like the Runic cards were so insane for me. Like they did so much. But then... The problem with Exosisters is you run out of gas really fast. Like, the deck does not have a way that you keep going. Like, you, you, you're you trying to take it slow. And the problem is, is with Exosister, you want to try to OTK, I guess, on the second turn or something. So that way you, you at least put some pressure on the opponent. But skipping your battle phase is pretty crazy for, like, I guess Exosister. Like, it hurts a lot more than I thought it would. Because, man... Um, I, I lost three. I, I went one in three, I think. In all three of my games, I could have won um, if I did not have the Runic cards. If I could have just went and OTK'd. Um, yeah. And then the one, game, <laughs> the one game I did win, it was because I Mystic Mind. I, I literally sat behind a Mystic Mind and then just decked someone out, which is awful thing to say, but I did it. Did you feel good? Did you feel like no, I felt good? awful. I I felt actually awful because it it was like a new player. Uh, it was like it's the the girl who plays Cyber Dragons, and I felt awful because I, I just slapped a Mystic Mine, and I was like, I'm so sorry. And she, uh, she kept trying to like activate effects, and and I was like, you can't. It's it's just a Mystic Mine. I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, the card at this point is just when I think when you, for Mystic Mine's sake, for when you play, you build it. We build a deck to just use it as a tool to help you play is not as bad as when you exploit like the worst parts of Missing Mind with like burn cards and like field barrier and all that stuff. It gets kind of crazy. But I think what you were doing isn't really bad, especially since like they didn't have an out to it. That's only them. But yeah, that is true. Uh, so just you know, when you play it, you should hold your head high because you at least playing the card that gets in the game. And they don't have an eye to it, so. It is, it is. I'm going to stare, stare at my opponent, and I'm going to drop the gold. So I have gold Mystic Minds. I don't even have, like, nice copies. I'm going to drop my gold copies and stare at them and say, fuck you. And then continue to just, like, stare at them <laughs> and then activate the all whole the, time. All the runic cards and deck them out. <laughs> oh, dude. I, 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 that deck is so stupid. I, I can't do that. I can't do that deck. Oh, my God. Uh, oh no! <laughs> I, yeah, it's when you play Yu-Gi-Oh. Like, I feel like a moral compass that shouldn't exist, but I have one. Like I, I feel like I would want to play a fair game of Yu-Gi-Oh, quote unquote. Like, yeah. not because I, like, I will use like a fair deck, or I won't play like some of the powerful cards. It's more like 
it should be a back and forth kind of a two player game. Like I, like I don't really, I don't really like to play like huge combo decks because they just take like a billion years and you eat at most of the time clock by just comboing off on your turn. It's kind of rude. <laughs> like it's supposed to be a back and forth. And if you spend fifteen twenty minutes comboing off, that's most of the time. Right? It's kind of like, yeah, like, what are we doing? <laughs> but uh, it's like. We're just sending this one dude like magical explosion FTKing me and just sitting there watching. <laughs> yeah. But oh the, the the uh the new tier cards in Darkwing Blast, if we wanna uh talk about some of that stuff, because like the new well I'm most excited for Lulu Karis. It's a Starlight Rare and it's only a one of them in the deck, but I kinda wanna pick one up. <laughs> You want to pick a Starlight I up? I kind of do want to pick one up. Um, this is one of, but I don't know, man. I'm pretty excited because with the Brandon and High Spirits package, it makes that card even more insane. Oh yeah, how how does that work with the new card? I, I've seen uh, I've seen a couple things about it, but I haven't been like too, I guess, indulged on it. So the I feel like the important part is that since it's a uh, Little Carols is a Tierlands card you can actually just not have to worry about playing the Death Frog in your deck because the little carols will actually be a part of your engine. So I feel like at least you have a like a monster in your extra deck you can actually just summon uh, under you know most other circumstances. But just having the, the Lulu carols, because it has the stats that you need to activate uh, by the last years. But uh, <clears throat> one of the cards we wanted, I was looking at, also playing as well was the new card Tija, the Dogmatica thing, the virtuous card. Oh, uh, the uh, Cartesia. Yeah, she can like fusion summon as a, as an effect, which is really cool. Oh. And you can search that off of Brandon High Spirit, and have it as sort of a another way to play if you like your hand trapped or whatever. That's kind of crazy now thinking about it. Wow. So, what do you think this format is going to be looking like in a couple, I guess, uh, weeks? I, uh, a lot I, of Diddy Crow. <laughs> a lot of shifting. Yeah, yeah I, I, that's what I was thinking because I'm going back and thinking about it, and I think a lot of people are either going to be playing Runic Sprite, uh, Tier Element. I don't know what version yet. I think you're probably right. I think a lot of people will go to either Luna Light or like, uh, more of a pure version. And then it's just going to be shifter dot decks, essentially. Like, And you can only play those three. And Bestial. Bestial is there. Bestial will be there. Because uh, dragons. I, I don't know if Bestial is enough to be its own deck right now. As much as I think it'll be an engine and a lot of other decks. I think Tealance will also even use Bestial. Um, at least I've been thinking about different ways to use it as well. I, I feel like everyone's I mean, going to be using that, those dragons. They are just better DD Crows at this point. They also, there's also a lot of, like a, a myriad of different toolbox, like, extra deck pieces that we have access to that normally we wouldn't have access to without those cards. Like, Telemans can actually use Beatrice now um, with the Bestial Dragons and does not use Curious. Like, if you don't have to, like, if you want to play more of a, a I mean, if, you, if you don't want to play Dangerous, you can play uh, the Bestial Dragons and make Curious, uh, make Beatrice, excuse me. And much, uh, do the same exact thing that Curious did, but a lot easier to make. 
Oh, g- wonderful! That's great. <laughs> I'm really glad to hear. I get ep- <laughs> I get epidemic <laughs> virus easier now. Yeah, yeah, great, definitely. Well, I'm, I'm glad been, Konami didn't touch that. I've also been thinking about because you could do uh, with Cartesia. Cartesia, she's also a tuner, I believe. So there's options for like the um, Verona de Fleur lines. Oh wow! Because she's a four, and uh, the the Bestials are sixes. And you can also make Garuda. Which is also a six. Do you think a lot of people are going to be heading back to like Visa Starfrost in their deck? I, I've because I was reading like grief and stuff, and it I guess it says like if you have Visa for Starfrost, you get like extra added on bonuses. I've been considering it as well because it's also a six, which means you can just go Beatrice even harder, um, and it's very searchable. It's also a tuner, which means which opens up another line that I was thinking about, which was uh, the Ultimate Zulkin. Since you, it's a six tuner, you can make that oh. maybe have a layer of protection with Crystal Wing. Uh, there's a lot. Like, Yu Gi Oh! is kind of crazy, and I'm yeah. thinking about it a lot all the time. <laughs> no, dude, I was literally at work today, and like, I'm starting my new job soon, so like, I hate my job now, so I'm literally I was I was literally like walking around Walmart like shopping while watching fucking deck profiles because <laughs> I was so bored. <laughs> and like I'm just like sitting here like labbing goatee and that that was all I was doing like all day. <laughs> oh dude, today man, I couldn't even so when I I was on YouTube and I saw I actually read um Bujente Kagasuchi's materials and I was like, Oh, this is actually really good. All I was thinking about was like, oh man, I kind of want to work on my deck now and finish it. And I've been thinking about that all day at work. I'm like, I need to stop and do some work. <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> no, it like it honestly sucks because like, I, I guess for me like it's easier because I work like retail right now, so like I, I guess I don't really have to care. I know yeah. that's not the best thing here, but like, <laughs> it's just honestly. Whereas like you probably have you have a lot like a much better job, so I guess you have to like kind of pay attention. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean. There's a lot going on there, but uh, sometimes it's easy to get distracted though with like when Yu-Gi-Oh stuff happens, Yu-Gi-Oh news or whatever. Uh, like I know, like in the past, like with my previous job and stuff, I, when a balance would come out or whatever, some big news, I would just be like all afternoon just watching, you know, YouTube videos or whatever, just kind of make the day go by faster so I can get home as quickly as possible and like get in the lab and start you know, testing new testing new cards or whatever, but that's not healthy. I need to do actual work when I'm at work. <laughs> Honestly, no. Uh, I remember, so when I first started uh, Yu-Gi-Oh, uh, it was probably like almost a year ago, probably like a year or two ago, and I remember when the, was it the, the Tri-Brigade? They, they didn't hit Tri-Brigade or something like that. I remember the ban list. But all I remember is, like, uh, listening to, like, Top Cut Podcast. Uh, shout out to them. But I remember listening to them, and uh, literally, like, that was through my mind all day. And I was on Twitter, like, 24-7, like, trying to find out, like, what this means. Because, like, when you're a new Yu-Gi-Oh player and you're just, like, getting in, you're like, what, is, what does any of this mean? Right? I think this is when Ancient Guardians first dropped or something. Like, I didn't really understand any of it. So I'm just like, what is going on? Like... <laughs> I yeah. thought Oak Duatic was insane. <laughs> Honestly, I mean, if they didn't help out the opponent so much, they could actually go somewhere, I feel like. 
I, I'm actually playing them in Master Duel right now because I, I just got bored with the game, so I'm just like, yeah, let me just like decraft everything. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Ogdomatic looks sick. They have a little bit of synergy with Therion. Um, they, they knew Therion, one of their new monsters is a reptile. So I actually considered something with that. Um, it's in the, the the square one phase right now. It's in the back burner because I've got other stuff I'm building, but definitely there's some some synergy there, and Snake Rain is busted, and that's enough reason. Snake to Rain is such a busted card. Who? I mean, man, if Reptiles had like a couple good cards, like that deck would be insane. So there's a reason why Snake Rain exists for Reptiles because like that that type is not good enough to actually abuse it. Like imagine if Snake Rain said Dragon or something crazy like that. <laughs> <laughs> You could wait. Isn't Night Sword Serpent a reptile? Yeah, Actually, that's hilarious. Hold up. Oh my god, that's hilarious. Night Sword Serpent's. A... <gasps> Is this once per turn? Hold up. I might have just found the the tech of the. Oh, it's once per turn. So Night Sword Serpent, it like came out I think a couple sets ago, and it's in the tens. It's a reptile, and you can send it, and it just specials itself for free. That's kind of funny. Yeah, that card. So funny enough, like I, I know I give you uh, shit about it. As in a, in a T elements, I actually did have it in my reptile pile, like for the for that deck. Um, it's pretty good because it helps you go into uh, King of the Feral Imps really easily, where it starts as more reptiles. Honestly, like I think it's a really decent tech for tier. I don't know. I feel it's I've seen a lot bad. of people. I just be stupid. I'm just I just like to troll you, but it's not a bad card. <laughs> I mean, there's probably better cards, but you know. I mean, it's, it's pretty much Trick Clown for free, which is good. Like, Trick Clown, I thought about performing Trick Clown as well um, as a tech, but I mean, Night Sword Serpent literally doesn't cost any life points, so it's the exact same card, pretty much. See, deck build. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of jealous because deck, deck building for you seems like much easier than me, because, like, for me, like, the only deck that I've ever, like, built, built, I guess, was um, when Goaty first came out, I tried to build it, and by myself with, like, no help, man, that was awful. Worst deck list I've ever looked at. And then, uh, I guess, the Flunder is, like, really easy. It takes, like, no brain skill to build that deck. You're just like, three Ribina, three Eaglin, one, one, uh, four Big Birds. <laughs> like, it takes, like, absolutely no skill. I so, like, we- how's the deck building process for you? Well, uh, before we get into it, I actually think the building Flanderies, since you said something about it, I think the beauty of building that deck comes in the text you play, more so the actual engine itself. But, That's true. Um, deck building for me is actually just a clusterfuck. <laughs> I'm <laughs> glad you think I, I'm good at it or I do it well. There's too many cards in the game, and trying to remember them all when you need to is like a pain. So, like, when I feel like an idiot, like, thinking about the Kagatuchi thing back to the, um, back in the tier, um, the tier example, because, like, I thought about it when it was popular back when gra- that grass looks greener was legal, and we used to play, um, Wolf, the Light Swarm Beast, and Felice. And I was like, wow, did they really summon three Wolf to make this card? <laughs> And instead of just like reading it, I didn't actually read it at all. I didn't pull it up to look at it or anything. I just like knew the card existed and I was like, and I knew what it did. 
I didn't read the exam the uh, the materials, and I was like, "Wow, this thing is like really hard, really a stretch to make." But uh, but constantly thinking about combos of different uh, like texts and lines of play is kind of, I mean, because it consumes most of my day, most of my thoughts, to be honest. <laughs> So I don't know if you actually want to dive that deep in a deck builder, but uh... I, I honestly like you. You come up with like the craziest text, and I think it's just hard for someone. Like I feel like Yu Gi Oh is just like so much different than other card games that there's so many cards. Like like every other card game has like some type of rotation, I guess, where like some cards aren't legal anymore and they change the sets or whatever. Like this card game has so many stupid cards that shouldn't exist that are just there. I'm, I actually am glad that there's no rotation, even with no, the card I, pool being over 10,000 cards. It may, it does, that part does make deck building enticing. Cause that means the, the possibilities are almost endless. You just kind of have to find them. <laughs> Yeah, I definitely agree with you. I, th- I think that's what actually makes, like, Yu-Gi-Oh! one of the more unique card games. It's like, yeah, you can do what everybody else does, or you can come up with something, like, super crazy and just, like, throw everybody off by using this card from, like, 20, 2006 or something. <laughs> yeah, and that's what that's kind of what makes it, um, I guess, my favorite, because I've played Pokemon, I've played uh, Vanguard, um... I also played. Let's see. I played, oh, you played Vanguard. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, they got me with the uh, beautiful card arts. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually got in and got out at a good time. Like I got in back when uh, when V uh, was like in the you know, we were in the smack dab in the middle of V and like cool decks got support or whatever, and then I hopped out before the re- reboot and then pretty much wiped all of that out. <laughs> So, uh, oh God! Yeah, reboots and and way in uh, set rotations are really like unappealing and uninviting. Like when Pokemon rotated as well two years ago, um, when I got out, I, I just felt like so bad because all the cards I had were just so cheap when I got rid of them compared to how much I spent picking them up. Not a good feeling. Oh yeah. <laughs> but, See, I thought about picking picking up Pokemon, but like. This card game is way too expensive already. I don't know if I can. I cause like uh everybody at the card shop keeps trying to get me to play and I'm like, bro, okay, look, I like here, I'll I'll give you like I'm thinking about just buying like a ten dollar structure deck, like like every kid does when they first start and just pop up and be like, Okay guys, I'm playing. I will get I will say this though. Pokemon is easier to get into uh, because of the way they make the cards. Like, they make it uh, where a lot of the best staples can either be common or you can have, like, the secret rare version. Like, there's no, like, paywall, really, like, for that sort of thing. You can just get the commons or the uncommons or whatever. Instead of, oh, that's true. You know, and that helps. And, like, the bulk of your deck, depending on the way you're building it, is, like, energy, so you don't have to worry too much about getting those. And then you just have to kind of find what engine you want to play, and it's... That's usually where the money comes in. Um, some of the the best cards can go up if they don't have like proper like, what's, uh, like distribution. Like if they have a set where the card is harder to pull, or you need like three or four of them in a deck. That can get kind of pricey. Yeah. But as far as like the barrier to entry, it's I don't think it's as high as Yu-Gi-Oh is. That's for sure. Oh yeah, I, I think Yu-Gi-Oh is probably 
It's it's either Yu-Gi-Oh or Magic probably has like the highest barrier for entry, I guess. Because <laughs> I, I feel like Yu-Gi-Oh, like yeah, you can play like some lower end decks and like yeah, they do reprint like staples, I guess, in structure decks. Like recently we got the Crystal Beast structure decks, and I feel like those reprints were great. But like so even <laughs> like the hand traps are great, and I think it's great for like beginners to get their hands on stuff like that. Because I know for me when I first started, like. Ash Blossom was way out of the league, and I still I still have two gold uh, ashes and then one mismatching gold ash, which is kind of funny. <laughs> but I, I I feel really bad for like people starting back then. But now, like honestly, you can pick up like Flunder for like ten bucks, and you can just go win locals. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I will say really that sad. it's nice that we can have actual lower price decks be good, like the Crystal Beast. Are actually a decent deck. Flanderies is good. Uh, Drytron, they have a little bit of people now, but they you know, they've had parts where Drytron's kind of cheaper. Like the, the most of the monsters are cheaper. Um, and there's a couple cards here and there, but like Drytron for the most part is a affordable and good deck. Uh, same thing with like them ideas. Invoked or like Dogmatica, like that stuff's also cheap and good. And so I feel like Konami has been really, um, like, uh, pleasing to deal with when it comes to product releases, when they make a lot of good decks cheaper. Uh, Tri-Brigade also is another good example. I know you mentioned that before, and they're getting a Link 5, so... Yeah, they're Link 5. Whoa, can we just talk about that card for a second? <laughs> Whoa, that card is so good. <laughs> Like, what were they doing when they thought about that card? They gave it to Tribe again because they figured Shurig wasn't good enough, I guess. I mean, I get it because I guess that is true. The the, the Tribe Brigade, as it is right now, is, like, a really good deck, but not really, I guess, like, the best. But this Link 5, man. I'm And, I mean, like, this is good card design, too, because, like... You have to have two or less Tri-Brigade spells in Grave, I guess, which I guess I think is, like, a good stipulation. But, I mean, wow. <laughs> so, I, wow. I, I will say this. I, I don't think Tri-Brigade's in a bad spot now, especially being affordable. Um, and you and being able to mix it with Sprite makes it really good. I saw this one-card combo using Fractal uh, yesterday that just gave you everything you needed uh, to, to make a crazy board. I just off one fractal, and I was like, okay, Tri-Brigade, pretty good. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, I, and it's kind of crazy that Tri-Brigade is, like, still relevant. It's been almost, what, when did it come out? Like, 2019, right? It came out in 2020. In Phantom 2020. Movie. That's still two years ago, though. <sighs> two years, and they have uh, only hit, I, I can think of, as Tanky on the list right now. And, like, of course, yeah. not Zodiac hit, but... As far as Tribegate itself, yeah. they're all full power. That's kind of crazy. I mean, it's honestly still like a really good deck. I mean, I mean, yeah, you got to mix it. I guess you don't have to mix it with Sprite, but I mean, like mixing it would probably be best. But, you know, it's still a really good deck. I played against it, I think, the other day I played against it. And wow, it, it really does do like more more than you need, to be honest. Like you, you get to the gigantic you get the the revolt which gets you to the link four like they can do a lot yeah i i'm a i'm more of a fan of it now uh than than before 
uh, historically, I'm not a huge Tribal Games fan, mostly because, like, I feel like when they came out, they just did so much for so little. They got so much value out of your cards for just nothing. Like I said before, Fractal is like a one-card combo. Like, it's kind of not overwhelming, but just free advantage. I mean, the other four cards in your hand could be literally anything, and, it, and you can still play the game. Yeah, I I remember, I, I think I first started when Tri-Brigade was becoming a little bit bigger, and man, dude, just, like, it's kind of crazy where Yu-Gi-Oh! has, like, become now, because back then I thought Tri-Brigade was so busted, and there was never going to be a deck, like, I guess infinitely better than Tri-Brigade, but now we have Sprite and Elements, and it's just, like, a whole different ball game. <laughs> I, I will say in terms of like unique deck design, Tribal Gate is definitely there. Um, the way they've built, like the way that Konami designed the cards, um, being able to like link summon pretty much off of your graveyard resources is a really neat concept. Uh, kind of t- kind of reminds me of Zodiac almost. This being one card like uh, extra deck mechanics, uh, and Shireg is a hell of a boss monster and. The fact, the fact, the fact that there's a new boss monster is actually exciting if you are a Tribal Gate player because it means that Konami is still supporting these decks um, outside of you know their initial waves of support. And with that, it means you know other decks can get support in the future. Like we can get new Virtual World cards or new uh, Phantom Knight cards or whatever. Like yeah, the sky's the limit. I'm I I would be really excited to see Konami like print some of these more uh, like they did uh, for mutants. I guess they they printed that uh, the level one that I thought was really good for it. I mean, it's still not great. It still needs another piece. But I mean, like even getting some support is like great because I mean, I think a lot of I think a cool thing about Yu Gi Oh is that we can play all these older decks in this new format, and I think that I personally like more diverse formats because I think it I think it makes it more interesting going into a tournament or something knowing that you're probably going to see six different decks but I understand at the same time that it's not as competitive because um, you have to kind of move your side deck for like eight different matchups and you're not sure if you're going to see this you're not sure if you're going to see that so I, I do understand that a lot of people don't like it but personally for me I love it I think it's like really interesting because i i personally don't have fun like for example um when i went to um i think it was the last time i went to the richmond regional rip my deck but um i played like six tier matchups and that was not fun (laughs) like it was just not fun because like i knew what i was playing every single round i I think i played one sword soul player and the rest were tier yeah, it was not fun. <laughs> it's a shame that Tealance is so powerful because, like, that's another deck with a really good deck design. Like, milling fusion summons is a really unique concept. I feel like that would be almost like a deck builder set type of mechanic. Um, but it's so diverse. It's almost impossible for Konami to make new Tealance monsters because they'll all be, like, fusion, like, fusion materials. Uh, it's, I'm curious to see what they'll do, 
in the future with uh, with the support. Yeah, and then like just printing the Ishizu cards in general, like I mean, they're obviously going to have to hit that, I guess. But what what do you think they'll do? Do you think I- I've seen a lot of people um, on Twitter like talking about maybe even having like. A lot of people saying this might be like the first time they might actually have to do like an emergency ban list type of situation if the Ashizu cards get too out of hand. What do you think about that? Uh, okay, I I, I want to start off this conversation right here by by prefacing that I am not an advocate for banning cards as the first solution. Um, I think it's always a workaround, but I will say this though: if the if the enough of the top cut is playing a Shizu, I can see a ban list happening or at least a very heavy ban list when it does happen. Like, if they wait until January or whatever, it's gonna be a tragic for tier lines. Um, yeah. And it's unfortunate because that means the deck won't have a, a long life in the meta game, which is fine, you know, in the sense of moving the game forward. But at the same time, sometimes, like, you kind of want to, I guess, protect the investment of the players. But, and I, I feel like maybe that's what they did, what Konami did here with this list, so they didn't hit tier too hard. But, I don't know. It, I, I just feel like when decks get killed on the ban list, it it's, leaves sort of like a sour taste in my mouth. Yeah, uh, even if I don't play the deck at all, like it just feels like an end of an era almost. Yeah, and I think it's it's good to leave like like I I am actually happy that they left like the adventure engine alone. I think it's it's not that bad, and I mean I kind of like not hitting it because it wasn't doing as much. And I also kind of like that they didn't hit Sword Soul at all because I mean Sword Soul has been power crept to hell unless you're Tyler Simmons and then you just win with it. And um, I think the deck is still a really cool rogue option, and I'm really glad that they didn't hit it because it wouldn't make any sense. Um, and I, I do agree. I, I kind of hate when they just, like, kill decks on the ban list for, like, no reason, when there's, like, plenty of other options. It, it kind of feels like Konami sometimes just hits the wrong card on purpose. Like, this ban list, I guess they hit the wrong cards on purpose to protect the investment, like you were saying. Um, but I agree with you. I, I think I hate it when um, they just kill decks for, like, no reason. Or they just, you know, don't bring back cards from the ban list that should have been banned, like, brought back, like, years ago. <laughs> yeah, that's, like, my biggest, like, uh, grievance, I guess, with with banlists in general. I feel like Kami, at least in the TCG, they wait until a card is, like, completely useless by the time they bring it back. Like, like Cyberjaw, for example. I don't think it would have done too much, like, 10 years ago. Well, I, actually, 10 years ago, I think it would have been really good. <laughs> uh, we were still playing Flip Effects 10 years ago but when okay let's say when uh, we got into Zexal once we got to Zexal I feel like we were moving away from those passive effects and that would have been a great time to bring it back but uh, it's uh, waiting so long uh, like another card was the, the Dragon Rulers like waiting so long until to bring those guys back they'll be pretty obsolete by the time they actually come back it feels like yeah, and I, I mean, why not just give, like, give us, I mean, 
let's be honest here. Bringing back snow was a little controversial, but I mean, like, I would rather them try it, and then if it gets too crazy, take it out, rather than just, like, leave it. Like, why, why is, why was Wall Revealing Light, like, at one for forever? I mean, I understand it was in a couple FTKs, but, I mean, who's playing Wall of Revealing Light in 2022? Probably a Dynamorphia player. That's just <laughs> okay. If you're well, if you're listening to this and you play down on Morphia and you want to get below two thousand, just activate Wall of Revealing Light. <laughs> uh, I don't think Dino Morphia players exist, so we. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Um, I guess. <laughs> I guess that actually leads into like a small conversation I want to have before I close. Um, what do you think of the ninja cards? Because you talk about flip effect monsters. I mean, these basically are flip effect monsters. What What do you think about ninjas? Do you think they'll climb into the meta a little bit? Do you think they're just gonna kind of be there? Uh, I'm gonna be a hundred percent real with you. I have not read the new ninja cards, but I will say this though: people are hyped for it, and I personally like the ninja archetype. Like from like the old stuff, so I would be I would be happy to try it out if it's any good. Uh, but definitely, you know, like carry a a shuriken with you because them guys might fuck you up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I I was reading a couple of them and they seem pretty good. But I, I I'm gonna be honest here, guys. Like I'm gonna keep it real with you. I don't think they're gonna be that good. I think they're. Uh... Okay. They might be like average. If we're looking at them because they're full effects, I, I would I would advise that we we take a step back because like I remember when I judged the entire Shadow archetype based on them being full effects, and I was really <laughs> really fucking wrong. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, it's not even that they're flip effect monsters. They just like what's their win con? I guess like just stunning the opponent because I mean the new cards give them like a negate. Um, but I think even then, like, flip effects are just so slow that it's just to the point where it's like, okay. And, and it kind of sucks because, like, I love the concept of flip effect monsters. Because, like, for example, like, the crawlers are so cool. But, like, they're so bad. And, and there's nothing you can, like, save. Like, I wish Konami would just, like, make a flip effect ar- archetype that's, like, not terrible they made Shadals. what do you mean <laughs> okay well okay well we're not <laughs> counting Shadals. because it's not flip effects like no one actually plays them for the flip effects unless you're back and like way back no 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 with a new engine with a new support uh you actually can flip them on your turn and that's actually what i was going to say if for a flip effect if Konami wanted to make them better just make them so the player can trigger them instead of having to step them face down like a like a flip effect field spell like we made like a generic flip effect field spell that can i Take a monster, what's the turn, or like flip the face up or something. That could be good. Like, I feel like that would work. Yeah, it would be meta. Trick. Would it be meta? I mean, probably not, but it would be a step in the right direction. Those trick are they flip effects? I don't yeah, know they're flip. I'm pretty sure. I know they flipped, but I don't know they're flip effects. Hold up, I'm gonna look this up. I'm like almost positive, dude. There's this guy who used to play ghost tricks and annoyed the shit out of me. Oh, I don't think they're technically flip effects, but they do stuff when they're flipped. Yeah, they're more like uh, like the Pac-Man style, like Desilakudas. Uh, <laughs> Yo, I just pulled up. Oh my god. Okay, I just pulled up like something to look at, and somebody's playing Adventure Dogmatica Ghost Trick. What? 
What is this? I mean, it probably works. I'm not gonna lie, it probably does work. <laughs> what? <laughs> what is this deck list? Okay, I'm just not gonna look at it. Um, I want to thank you for coming on Black Ass Night. Um, where can we find you? So I did make a Twitter, uh, Black Ass Night. And I also have a Instagram. So my Twitter is new. I haven't uploaded much yet, but. I once I get some time to actually dedicate to my social medias, I'll definitely post more. Um, but I'm on, I'm on Instagram as well. I've made posts on there, and uh, yeah, that's where you can find me, man. All right. Well, I want to thank everybody for coming out to the Metacillers podcast. Um, I would have questions answered if you guys would leave questions. You know how many times I've asked you to leave questions? Shout out to all the people who left questions before because you guys understand. But please leave me questions. I want to answer some cool shit. Um, but anyways, uh, thanks for coming out. Uh, I want to thank Blackass Knight for being the best Yu-Gi-Oh! player in the podcast right now. And I want to thank him for coming on. And uh, I'll see you gamers later.